Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for Tuesday the 12th of October 2021. I'm Dom Knight. Hello, Charles Firth. Hello. I'm enjoying my Freedom Week, Dom. I'm, I'm no longer locked down and I've just been spending all my time at the beach licking people's faces, hugging them, um, blowing my nose on them. It's just been awesome. Excellent. So we're once again pre-recorded and having a holiday before the cases explode in New South Wales, as they inevitably will. We're all having a break. Yeah. If my behaviour is anything to go by, we are definitely in for a really big <laughs> spike fairly soon. Yeah, and we're actually going to hang out with the interns this week. I barely know some of these people. I've been working with them for months. So <laughs> we're going to see them outside of Zoom while we still can. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Today, though, we have a huge treat for you. Uh, we've got a very long and fun chat with Mark Humphreys. Mm, yeah. Look, I don't really know about this one. I, I think maybe it's probably best to just skip this podcast and maybe go to some other thing to listen to. Maybe listen to The Daily or something. That is unless you enjoy embarrassing stories about working with Charles Firth <laughs> and the haphazard genius that, uh, that Charles is. A person who's forever founding things and promoting other people. Very, very generous his friends, mm. and frankly, less so to himself. So lots of war stories from the early years working with Charles on a project called The Roast and just yeah. his whole approach to comedy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like, I think the thing is, listen to the headlines because we'll go to Ch uh, Rebecca Dana with the Chaser News headlines and then that's basically the episode. You don't need to hear the rest of it. It's fine. Having it's fine. been part of the interview, yes, you do. Stay with us. <laughs> The Federal Labor Party has heroically adopted a climate change policy of net zero by 2050, just one week after the fossil fuel industry did. The opposition leader, Anthony Albanese, said that in the coming weeks he would be announcing other bold policy positions, including giving women the vote and abolishing slavery. Sydney has studiously avoided eye contact with Melbourne and Canberra as it headed out of lockdown yesterday. When asked about how they felt about being able to do things, Sydney just sighed nonchalantly and said they hadn't really noticed anyway. Daniel Andrews has called on anti-vaxxers throughout Melbourne to stop taking ivermectin. The Victorian Premier said they needed all the ivermectin they could get for the Melbourne Cup. That's the latest Chaser news you can't trust. I'm Rebecca Dayunamuno, and I'm free at last. I'm free, like Andy Dufresne at the end of Shawshank Redemption. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's time for one of our Freedom Week catch-ups with one of Australia's most beloved satirists, seven thirty sketchmaker, and the world's most frequent podcast guest, Mr. Mark Humphreys. <laughs> Hello, Mark. Thanks for coming on a podcast. I know it's a new experience for you. See, I know, I know. Well, I had to fit you in between uh, philosophy and uh, ten questions with Adam Zwa. But um, yes, no. I, ever since the, going through the shingles experience, I've come to appreciate even more the sound of my own voice. Um, <laughs> so, Good for you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah. You do know that it's actually law because we looked it up. We were trying to get through Freedom Week without talking to you. Mm. You're not actually allowed under the ACMA regulations yeah, to make yeah. a podcast without asking you on. 
No, anymore. no. Yeah. That's which reminds me actually of my one. You must have had some dealings with ACMA over the years, you guys. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> how many? How many? You, do you can you actually remember how many? You know, f- cases were opened against you. <laughs> Oh gosh, quite a few. Yeah, there's there's two or three that come to mind. Um, but but let's not talk about the chaser. I mean, there was the Chris Kenny thing, the Make a Wish thing. We had. We, I think the ABC is not actually governed by ACMA, is it? But they still get involved sometimes. Yeah. The reason I bring it up is that when in the first year that I met, so I first met Charles in in 2012 when I was a writer on this two minute news show called The Roast, and it was on that show that I received. My one and only ACMA complaint, <laughs> and it's a joke which I wrote that Tom Glasson delivered, and then I recycled that joke a week ago on Question Everything. I decided to see if I could <laughs> give it a second chance. No complaint has come through a second time around. Oh. So basically what it was is that the, the big news story of that day, well... <laughs> This is debatable, but the story the story we're talking about was that um, an Italian magazine had pop- had published um, topless photos of Kate Middleton. Oh yes, and and um, the headline that they'd gone with was the Queen is naked, and so anyway, the joke that I had written for the show was uh, an Italian magazine. Uh, has published topless photos of Kate Middleton with the headline, The Queen is Naked. Naked photos of the Queen. Finally, I can stop jerking off to this coin. Right? <laughs> so that's the that was the line. And, and it's still getting a great reception a classy, today. A classy line. Well, yeah, it's a classy line. <laughs> Just to be now, clear, because this is not a visual medium, all three of us will simultaneously laughing silently with a kind of appalled look on our face. So you can't tell. We actually all loved it. But we're simultaneously, and this is quite a high bar for us, just quite troubled by it. Um, so well done. Because it Thank sounded you. like it got no response, but we were just all sort of doing that Robert De Niro crack up weird, close your eyes laughing, weren't we? Right. So anyway, that, that aired at 7.28pm just before Doctor Who. And uh, oh, so you got the Anglophiles. Yeah. So apparently, so we got this. This lady wrote in to ACMA. She wrote to the ABC, and the ABC ruled in our favour um, that it was fine for a PG show to say jerking off. But uh, she wasn't satisfied with that, so she took to ACMA, and then ACMA wrote a six-page report about this one sentence. Wow. Um, and debating over whether you know how the, the, the joke was not too visual it's not like he had mined the act he was purely in reference but i remember the woman's complaint stated that her 13 year old son had heard the joke and didn't understand what it meant oh yes i'm so i'm certain of this (laughs) surely her son went um mum can i borrow a coin You got you got changed for a twenty, but um, yeah. So anyway, that was surely uh, a five dollar note. It's bigger, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. So that was that was my first and sadly only experience with ACMA. Uh, so on question far. everything, nothing happened. Have standards changed that much? That's just a well, I think polite what, banter what on it because the, yeah, the roast exactly. was the roast was ABC two had much smaller viewership than mm, question everything. Yes. Surely, so that's a really interesting test. Yes, that's true. Exactly. We've I wonder whether I wonder whether see the thirteen year old would now be what twenty two years old. Mm. I wonder whether he knows what jerking off is yet. <laughs> but anyway, so that was that was the fun, the first experiences I had. I've got I've got actually got the ECMA complaint here. If you um, have you got it there? I've got it here. Yeah, I've just Are looked you it up. Fantastic. Before we do that, can we have a little bit of explanatory memoranda here? So the roast was a show, an incredibly ambitious daily comedy show on ABC Two that Mark worked on and Charles 
EP'd, like he ran the show. It was his brainchild, but he wasn't on camera, were you, Charles? No, I wasn't. And he wasn't, and he wasn't in the office either. But the uh... <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the general mails. He set it up and then walked away, much like the chaser, by the way. Um, it's a pattern. It was more of a shell company, really. <laughs> so this thing, this amazing thing, happened every day, and all these people who've done really well subsequently including Mark, were part of that show. So if you haven't, it's on YouTube. You can go and look at it. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, confirming, just fact-checking. ACMA did indeed rule in your favour. Did not <laughs> breach the PG uh, classification of the code. Does uh, it have the phrasing of the woman's complaint? Does it have that uh, yes. quote about Doctor Who? Um Oh, well, hang on. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's some great lines in here. There's... Um, I'll just see if I can find the claimant's submission was that my husband, our 12-year-old son and I were watching the Doctor Who special and after it finished, the next program began. The man on this program spoke about jerking off over a picture (laughs) of the Queen. Apart from the language and crudeness, the concept of a man jerking off over any woman's photo, whether she be the queen or a commoner, is abhorrent. <laughs> she used the word commoner. <laughs> Proud to be a commoner, honestly. I'm wondering what um, the what the the straw that broke the complainant's back is. There was it the fact that it was the queen that was the subject, or was it the fact that it was just about yeah. masturbation, or was it debasing the currency of the realm in some way? I don't, I don't yes, know. Yes. Or maybe there was like a specific queen jerking off related incident that happened in their family, and they just worked through it in family therapy, and all of a Yes. I, I reckon the husband is is one of the suspects in this because she then goes on to say the comment, although brief, was not discreet. Uh, when the comment was made, my husband and myself noticed it immediately and turned the TV off. <laughs> I reckon. Ah, yes. oh, damn! Caught out this again. again. <laughs> Oh, man. And, I've, and I've been doing that to audiences ever since. I but would love to know the, if they're still together. <laughs> Those two or the, or the teenager and the coin. Yeah, that as well. <laughs> but, um, but as you said, Don, Charles is a serial founder. Do you remember something uh, in, in that same year, Charles, called the frying pan? Do you remember what the, what the frying pan is? Frying pan. Charles's memory is shot, we found out the other day, by the way. Yeah. So um, he will be enjoying this as much as anyone else. Frying pan. Was that a satirical website or something? Oh, even I'm not quite sure what it was. Uh, basically, you got it in your head that every future endeavor you should be involved in should have some sort of um, cooking-related yes. Yes. <laughs> title. So you had the roast, and so you went, okay, well, the next one's going to be called the frying pan. Um and, and and so what it, it was it was uh, me you uh, improvised Daniel Cordeaux and um, communications strategist Peter Lewis. Yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, it was a studio that I don't know if Peter owned it. What have you? But no, it was owned. I think by the union movement. Maybe it was owned by New South Wales Trades. Oh no, no. You. I think you're right. Actually, maybe he owned. It. You're right. He did. Yeah. And yeah. so it was like a pilot that we shot, and. You know, it was, uh, you know, to put it generously, it was a, sh- it was a oh, shambles. Oh, fuck, yes, I and remember that. It was an actual pilot. Yeah, it was like a panel show. That's right. And so Daniel Cordo was playing Alan Joyce. And uh, <laughs> you were, uh, I remember you, I specifically remember you trying to kind of inject some life into it. And so you just sort of started, started an argument with Peter Lewis based on nothing where you just, you just accused him. You said, that's, that's because you hate Australia. Um, <laughs> that is such a good impression. <laughs> Thank you. And um, yeah, and that was sort of, 
Yeah, so then you sort of had this mock argument. But yeah, no, but they, they never, we, we never discussed it again. It never, <laughs> I never saw a tape of them. I'm not even sure there was any film in the camera. But I'd never heard of this. This is, this is fantastic. So this is during the – so Charles set up the Chaser empire, basically. He was his idea. He recruited us all. Then he went off to America and did all this stuff. But then he set, tried to start another comedy empire, kind of in competition with his original one. I remember when when I came home and I told everyone about what I was doing, <laughs> during a board meeting of the Chaser, Craig went, yeah, I'd like to just uh, discuss um, how <laughs> Charles seems to be um, setting up a completely <laughs> competing organisation to us right under our noses. <laughs> you basically were attempting to create Batuta before Batuta. So there was the Chaser and the Shot. So Charles's original ideas have sort of drinking vessel names. Mm. And I think he's got some more on the that he's brewing away as well. Was there any more cooking-based <laughs> schemes well, that were made? Well, the, the, uh, <laughs> so, I mean... With it, while we were working on the roast, we we received a couple of very large deliveries of items that Charles and I think his business partners at the time had decided to sell. Do you remember uh, Gangnam Style? Um, yes. No, the, uh, that's not me. That, that was not, not you? me. No, that was definitely not me. Well, not now I want to know what it is. Okay. No, no, I but know. The, so do you remember? Can I? Oh no. Do you want to tell the anecdote? You're no, the no. Guest. You can tell. You can tell. You, you, if you, you know. Which I, no, I think no, no, I know Mark, the you tell it because Charles will tell a biased version. No, 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 no. This because this doesn't involve me. I don't have any sort of thing. No, the funny part about this story is that do you remember how Psy was for a while like the the hottest thing in the world? Oh, massive. Yes. And yeah. so one of my colleagues thought, well, you know, let's let's cash in on this sensation. You can get bobblehead um, versions of Psy made up for like cents on the dot. It was like 30 cents each, right, and shipped over from China, right? And they had just set up a sort of China import export business or something. Um, so they thought... This is a good test run of our you know, business acumen. Right? <laughs> so they, they got it designed and they, they shipped over the, you know, they sent over the specifications at great expense, I think. Like they even flew over there to sort of make sure the factory was doing well. <laughs> It was up to making bobbleheads of <laughs> Pirate, by the way. And pirate bobbleheads of Psy. Psy didn't see a cent of this. And then after they'd paid all the money... They got told that they then had, like, it had to be shipped out. And they had just hadn't thought about the fact that shipping from China takes three or four months. Yeah, like whereas size popularity was about three yeah. weeks long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was way after. It wasn't it just was, like. You know. It was insane how long after Psy <laughs> Bubble had burst that the bobbleheads arrived. <laughs> Can I ask, what was the plan if you got them in time anyway? What were you going to use the bobbleheads for? Well, they, I mean, but look, demand can manage itself when there's just infinite demand. Like at the at the height of the side bubble, you could have just walked out on the street and people would have yeah, mugged I mean, you for one. I'm going to say that where a lot of us were were, were sort of saying "Oppan Gangnam Style" <laughs> before we get into polite conversation. That's well, there you go. I mean, we laugh often at Charles's um, errors of ordering things in from China to this day, but um, that is far more foolish than anything Charles has done. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Alright, well there is another since that since Charles was not now responsible, I will not mention the other product that was also imported, but also I'll, I'll yeah, save that. It. But what, um what was it? It was it was it was it was water. It was it was it was, was it sci water? It was bottles and bottles and bottles of water that once we opened it, <laughs> like you could see there was clearly some sort of sediment or something yes. at the at the base of it. I spoke to Clark Richards, uh, who was on the roast uh, with us. I just spoke to him just moments before coming onto this um, podcast, and he described it as he, his theory was he said that was fracking water, <laughs> <laughs> like Picari sweat. And, and with I actual do know sweat. about this one because I did actually order those bottles. Oh, <laughs> no, because we had them. Sp- Specially labelled with the roast, remember? Like, they weren't just... It wasn't just a random set of water bottles. It was... They were labelled Sweaty Betty, okay? That's what they were labelled. I don't remember seeing the word, the roast. No, no, but the whole whole reason why it got muddy, and the whole point is you just throw out the muddy ones. That was our instructions to you, right? (laughs) Yes, that's right. When you come across a muddy batch, just throw it out, right? Hang on, isn't Sweaty Betty the name of Roxy Jacenko's business? Yeah, I think what happened was Roxy Jacenko was going to put on some event and she needed a whole lot of bottles. And then <laughs> we this did a whole lot so of bottles. Funny. I think they arrived late, so it was too late for the function. Like, but then also they were full of mud. Like, <laughs> so we thought we got to. tends not to go off, but this water had gone off. <laughs> no, 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 no. You misunderstand. It was spring. It's like someone. Try to poison you. No, it was spring water, Mark. The so the whole point bothered is, to filter. It, comes, it, it was up in Gosford was the place where the, it came out of the spring. <laughs> and and the, whole, the whole point is that, the, like, you know, you can't control spring. You'd have to put it on filters or something like that. It would be really expensive. Just straight out of the spring. <laughs> just a muddy puddle Sorry. in a bottle. Why was the water necessary? Why did you just buy bottles to put water in? Like Appalachian Control A Gosford. I just don't think that's a a margin. (laughs) No, but but the point about spring water is it's much cheaper than tap water. Because it's not Because it's just literally there. It just comes out of the ground. Oh, wow. It's just... Um, can I? Yeah. Anyway, so but the point is, it gets a bit muddy. Anyway, so I think Roxy Jacinko had rejected the muddy yeah. water, and so we thought, well, we'll just give them to the staff. They'll love it. Um, Mark, can I suggest a project? Can we can we write a thinly disguised um, like TV series based on a failed entrepreneur? Okay. So it's funny you say that because as I was compiling these anecdotes, there's too many for me to mention on this podcast, and I'm just one person who knows Charles. Yeah, like, I've so. got a whole other set. <laughs> I mean, the university I'm- scams of Charles were um were legend. Charles, I'm amazed natural selection hasn't gotten you yet. <laughs> I'm amazed. No, it's because all the the assassination services in New South Wales are run by me, so they don't work properly. <laughs> no, I mean, my... they're run by Gosford Sprinkler. <laughs> yeah, that's true. One of my great ambitions in life is to get Charles elected to office just to see what the what ICAC does to him. Yeah, and th- and then they come forward with all this stuff, and Charles goes, "Oh, that's nothing." Uh, <laughs> 
That's the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah, he is uh, so readily available to admit. I feel like Charles <laughs> has never once really denied anything apart from the um, sigh situation. But apart from that, I'm pretty sure Charles has just immediately accepted that he's done that stuff. <laughs> so how did you get to be on the roast to begin with, Mark? Where did you where did you spring from? So so I I worked in a warehouse and that was it. Uh, was it a warehouse full of in. dodgy Charles products? Was that how you met? <laughs> you had all these side bubbleheads and clammy yeah. bottles of water and you wanted to know when, which Absolutely. idiot had ordered so, them. <clears throat> Yeah, so we, we just we just shipped a bunch of uh, uh, right said Fred bobbleheads, and then in came the delivery. And um, so, uh, Clark Rich, I worked with Clark Richards in in this uh, warehouse, and Clark uh, knew Charles and was was starting on this this new show, The Roast. And 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 Charles said to me, "Oh, you know, you, I think you'd be really good on this. You know, do you want me to put in a word for you? I was, oh, that'd be amazing." And so Charles then, so Clark then spoke spoke to Charles. And, and then I had a phone conversation with, with Charles and Charles said, yeah, we'll come in on Monday at, you know, uh, 9 a.m. and blah, 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 blah. And so I, I turn up uh, to, you know, become an intern on this show. And what I later found out is that Charles, who was not there, had not told anyone <laughs> who was there that I oh, was coming. classic, classic. <laughs> so I just sort of come in and Nick Richardson, who is the showrunner, goes, uh Hello, uh, I was like, "Hi, uh, I'm, uh, I'm Mark." Uh, Charles said I could um, come and intern on the show, and Nick's like, "Okay," <laughs> and then just sort of politely tolerated that, and only later on told me that he was like internally, he was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was quite angry with me. Um, he, I had, yeah, he had words with me. Yeah, uh, like all of his, all of his suggestions are about jerking off to coins. I don't really understand what this guy is, how this guy in, fits in. No, but it, it shows you that you're really good. Is that about a week later, Nick said to me, "Oh, Mark's brilliant. Like, well done for bringing him in, Charles." You're so wonderful. This is he's the great thing. Occasionally, Charles is... And you were like, yeah, but how many bottles of water has he drunk? <laughs> <laughs> but occasionally, Charles's haphazard, scattershot, hopeless approach yields <laughs> diamonds, right? Just why many of us have had a career out of the chaser, to everyone's I mean, uh, great surprise. You, know, you, you should be raiding every warehouse in the country to, to find the next uh, next talent. But uh, So that was how that sort of started. And um, and then, yeah, so through knowing Charles, like it's, it, you'd end up, I just found an old ad uh, that, that Charles and I are in, which was about... What? <laughs> it, it, was so, it, was, it was something that there was a new tax... That was being proposed to do with the to, to pay for the fire department or something, and um, ah yeah that's and, right yeah, and yeah. Uh, anyway so I I you brought me in Charles to deliver the line I'm the guy who who is opening up the um, his mail to find out there's there's a new tax and and my line was a new tax. Okay, so you you remember that <laughs> anyway? So that's uh, that was my. I've line. got the ad here actually. Yeah. I've got- <laughs> So wait a minute. Did did I pay you for that uh, line? Or? I should think I probably got a hundred dollars yeah. out of it or something. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there must have been some arrangement. Um, yeah. No, no. Ta- I love how you got roped into an anti-tax. <laughs> <laughs> it's very progressive of you. That's it. Yeah. No. I'll see if I, I'll see if I can find it and then I'll play it over the over the phone from my um from my end. But anyway, so that was that was you know one of the many things I got roped into and. 
uh, I remember you running a campaign about Mitt Romney called Romney Problems was something else that you were – and you wanted to do something with Gina Reinhart and balloons. I can't remember what the balloon <laughs> job was. But Gina Reinhart and balloons. It, it sounds – just those two concepts together sound we, ominous to me. We once did a whole website and set of videos called uh, Gina Reinhart for Prime Minister, right? Designed it all. It was huge. Like it, it was a big um, thing. And then the lawyers took one look at it. It took them literally about an hour and they said, you are never releasing this to the public. We spent like tens of thousands <laughs> of dollars. Is this during your, your time as a union stooge, Charles? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That. That's, another, that's yeah. a whole other conversation. How did you meet Evan, by the way, your, your great collaborator, Evan Williams? Was that on the yes. roast? That's right. So Evan had, Evan had been part of the... <laughs> did he so randomly walk into the office as well? He, <laughs> so <laughs> Evan, I mean, he could drink water like you wouldn't believe um, and uh, Evan had been on the one-minute version of the roast, which had existed a year earlier on Fact Fairfax website. So the the, the, the roast evolved from a one-minute oh, show right. uh, in 2011 to a two-minute show in 2012 to a ten-minute show in 2013 to a non-existent show in 2015. <laughs> and uh, it was quite oh, a journey. Dear. But um, uh, but there was something else that yeah. So I went through all these emails <laughs> back and forth of, of, of with with of uh, Charles over the years. And this one's this one's from 2013 while we we're working on the roast. This is an email from me to Charles. The subject is downstairs toilet. Um, uh, Hi guys, uh, I'm not entirely sure who I should contact about this as it's relatively low priority on the day of our first episode. <laughs> um, but the chain on the urinal downstairs has come out, so can no longer be flushed. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had also heard rumours of there being someone to clean the toilets, uh, as that urinal has attracted its fair share of flies and odours, but I don't know if there's any truth to it. Anyway, enjoy your dinner. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. So, yeah, so we wrote the 10-minute version of the roast out of this weird sort of, I mean, it was a fire hazard, really. It, it, was, it was a room that if something happened, you would be, it was a death trap. You would, you would. <laughs> Actually, you, I'm going to fact check you on that because we went to great lengths to make it appear like that room was not as long as it was so that the fire engineer would give it a, by approval, because the whole problem with the pro- so under New South Wales law, you've got to be at least one hundred meters, like within one hundred meters of an exit, right? And that that room was literally a hundred and one meters long, right? And so it was a complete disaster. <laughs> it's why no one was renting it, and and so we sort of boarded up the back, created this sort of false wall, <laughs> and then everyone was safe. Wow. <laughs> So you were working in a death trap. That that seems fitting. Somewhere. Approved. <laughs> God. Oh, now we're, now we're trying to think how many of these anecdotes about something about Charles can actually be aired. Um, I mean, because it's worth noting that someone and we we don't talk about this enough. Gabby won't know about this. No. Nope. There is it. Someone once made a TV show parodying the Chaser that was written by two people who worked with us and didn't have a great experience. So there's actually an entire narrative. Comedy TV series and what designed is that to mock. Uh, it was what? called the Jesters. The Jesters, that's right. Yeah. And oh, there's yes. there are characters vaguely based on most of the Chase team. I think Charles Me. and I got amalgamated, but 
Mick um, Malloy. Mick was Malloy the, was starting in the Andrew Denton role, very strangely. So Charles's Charles's um success has inspired unsuccessful other programs. <laughs> it was on cable. It was cable. It was one of the only cable only comedy shows ever made in Australia. I remember that. And bizarrely, when I was an intern on Hungry Beast in 2011, uh, I um, so before prior to the roast. I uh, went to Andrew Dent and said, could I possibly have 15 minutes of your time? And he generously did give me 15 minutes of, of this time. And at the end of that meeting, he gave me his copy of The Jesters on DVD. <laughs> That's, That's true. Great. So um, I've never watched it. it but, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of fascinated. I'm definitely going to find That's, it and watch it. You've got to review that for I, the podcast, Gabby. It's my duty now. I love this. I just keep finding things that have happened to you. And I know, watching I, as a fourth person expect, uh, sorry, as a spectator, it's great. I had totally forgotten about that entire incident. <laughs> I think it in right now. Aspects of the parody were genuinely quite upsetting, but um, anyway, uh, as you find Charles, out, sh- another Charles uh, show that did not get up sadly. Uh, do you, Charles, do you remember what catastrophe was? Oh, that's a very Charles name. <laughs> Vaguely remember. He can't remember his failed ventures. No wonder he's so optimistic about his future ventures. So basically, because the roast did not run all year round, it basically meant that everyone who worked on the show was employed for about, I think, maybe seven or eight months of the year, but then had a very long period of unemployment. And Charles, in his, you know, to his credit, tried to create a project that could keep us busy. And the, the idea that Charles had was called Catastrophe. And I could go into the further details because I have since discovered the pitch document, but the memory that everyone who was in that meeting has was that Charles's pitch was, it, it, it's Mark with a moustache. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the extent of the pitch, Mark with a moustache. And so we all sort of came out of that meeting lacking enthusiasm, I think. And so we sort of like, okay. Uh, he's like, so if you can go work up a pitch document and we're like, uh-huh. Anyway, so then we all leave and we're all quite sort of what do we what do we do with this? And we're all walking up towards Redfern Station. As we're walking up, Charles <laughs> zooms by in his car, rolls his window down, flips us the bird and goes, Fuck you all <laughs> and zooms off. And that was the end of the uh, catastrophe. <laughs> I mean it did what it it was said what it said on the tin. <laughs> it was a catastrophe. Um have I I vaguely remember having a terrible meeting where no one was, and and I think because it was Evan in that meeting. Evan was, yeah, and he really poured cold water on it. Like he he hated it. Like, and he he was not impolite. Like he was completely impolite about it, wasn't he? He, Well, yeah, and well, Evan and Clark both have an an anecdote about a meeting that they were in with you that I was not there for, and I don't know. Dom, if you, if this is an experience that you've had with Charles in other business meetings or or or, or you, Gabby, but where it was um, for 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 the roast, it was most people's first time on television, mm. and so they got they had to go to the ABC and go to a special meeting, learning about the standards and censorship and all the kind of what you can and can't do. And anyway, it was very. I think everyone was quite thrilled to sort of you know be in the ABC and learn it. And according to according to my sources, uh, Charles uh, spent the entire meeting on his phone, except for one moment when he suddenly burped. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that the media law briefing? Because that made, that's not a surprising at all. That Charles uh, and Charles is on his phone right now. Yes, and I think the meeting sort of temporarily paused. 
nobody said anything, and, and then the meeting continued, and no reference was made to uh, to to the burp after that. <laughs> I mean, my but, expectation would have been that, like that episode of The Office that's called Training Day, Charles would have basically gradually taken over the meeting and then given the briefing by the end of the. Um, that's that's a fairly standard play as well. Can, can I can I just interrupt because go on. I think that I have been unfairly maligned. I've just found the pitch document for catastrophe, which I think we later renamed absolute worst. Right? <laughs> Do you remember this? And um, and I'll I'll read you out the pitch and but, tell me if you wouldn't watch this show. Okay. No, okay. Sure, we can do that. I, all I'm saying is that just that the overriding memory that people have of the meeting is yeah. not the substance of the pitch itself, but rather your enthusiasm to, for me and a moustache. But, yeah, but anyway. so yeah. clearly that was what he pitched to the team. Let's see yeah. what he said to the network. What if a meteor the size of the moon hit New York? What if gravity stopped working properly? What if Ebola and... H1N1 emerged to create a superbug that then became an, as easily transmissible as the common cold. That's what would happen if joking. a sinkhole? That's not in there. What is that in there? That's in there. Get yeah. out of town. <laughs> what What would happen if a sinkhole swallowed up the White House? Bacon is delicious, but what if all pigs suddenly died? <laughs> Absolute worst is a pseudoscientific investigation of hypothetical scenarios taken to their worst case logical extreme. I think. It's a great idea for a TV show. Yes, that but, well, sounds like the intern's failed pitch documents. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, Mark in a moustache is also a level of catastrophe on the same level as the White House being consumed by a seagull. I think it would be fair to say. No, that's a, no. Look, there still may be something in that, Charles. And look, you know. I mean, uh, the amazing part of this story, um, all these tales, Mark, is that you, like many other people that Charles has worked with has gone on to have a, a very successful uh, bordering on, you know, legendary career in Australian uh, media. Well, this is the thing. My, my career exists simultaneously in, in thanks to and in spite of Charles. Mm, that's true. <laughs> and all of us in the chaser would say exactly the same thing. Charles yeah. saved us from a far more boring uh, life. Um Yes, yeah. and he should probably but, get a percentage of a yes lot of people's to me careers, once, and then no, <laughs> the rest of your life, and uh, you've done really well. Well, uh, another anecdote: when when Evan and I wrote our, f- our first book uh, the, uh, for the Chaser called "The Chasers Australia," uh, the the night that it needed to be sent off to the printer, all right, we're in your office, Charles. It's you, me, and Evan, uh, and you had just come to us a few hours earlier and said, uh, "I think you'd done you'd done the maths and worked out." Uh, we need to cut eight pages. <laughs> oh, the... yes, because I've fucked up the pagination. It's really easy to do, by the way. So we're fr- and, and you had to send the, the, the manuscript off, you know, the document off that night. And so, or uh, first thing in the morning. And, and so we're in your office and frantically doing that. Meanwhile, it is raining heavily outside and your office is flooding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so while you are on InDesign, rearranging pages and you know chopping and changing you know chunks of text you're also stopping every few minutes to get a broom uh, to, go, <laughs> to, to go and sweep away this <laughs> tsunami that's sort of you know pouring into the <laughs> into your office um and then so evan and i are still frantically writing and then at a certain point you know and this is something that i've experienced with charles many many times you suddenly stopped and went ah 
I have to leave. I have to leave. <laughs> and you and you get up. You know, I've got a date. I've got a date. I've got a date with Amanda. And you had to go. You had dinner arranged with with your wife. And 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 we're just there, you know, with our feet up, to, trying not to get our socks wet, uh, trying to finish this book. And uh, yeah, and you race out, and then and then I think you race back in briefly to say another great Charles quote that I've heard you say a hundred times, which is, "Where's my wallet?" Um, <laughs> and then you left. And somehow the book came out. Somehow the book <laughs> does exist. I'm not really quite sure how, but that was that was the final night that it had to be finished so you must have gone back to the office after your date and uh put down some towels or something um and got it done. yeah and you remember I, remember, that I remember the landlord being very annoyed at me because I, I just got rid of the water and um and just let it dry out for a few days because it got a bit stinky for a while and then a few months later i mentioned to the landlord oh yeah all the floorboards are warped because um <laughs> <laughs> there was a huge flood and it, when why didn't you tell me? I could have got that in on insurance. I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you one more anecdote with Charles, which is um, that uh, Charles was supposed to do an event in Lismore. Ah, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And had to pull out for some reason. And it was an event with Charles and uh, the writer Mark Dappen, who at some point had been the editor of Ralph magazine. But since then, I'd written books, and he'd had a whole other career. Um, he's lovely, he, Mark Deppin, yeah. But he, and he's lovely, lovely guy. But he had, for a period, been the editor of Ralph magazine. Anyway, Charles, uh, for whatever reason, can't get to Lismore, and then says to me, oh, Mark, can you go and you know, basically be me, go and be, appear at this sort of in-conversation <laughs> event? This was 2016, so I was like... You know, I'm, I'm hardly a household name now. Famous, Four years, five years ago, I was really no one. And anyway, so I go, okay, I, I, I'll do this thing. You were doing um, the feed in 2016, were you? Uh, I guess I just started yeah, doing you were that. Around. Yeah, I think I think I just started you doing that. That's were. true. And so Mark and I uh, have to fly to Lismore. Our plane was delayed by uh, two hours, I think. So by the time we actually got there, uh, the event <laughs> was already. Like everyone had already been waiting for an hour for the event to to start, and they patiently waited around. And I, my heart sank. And 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 that's the other thing. Mark Dappen didn't want to talk about Ralph. He was like, that was something that I had did do, but it's not really what I do now. So I don't want to talk about Ralph. Well, anyway, you wouldn't want to. Would when you? when we arrive at the venue, there's a big sign outside the 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 venue that advertising tonight, Chaser versus Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Chaser, okay? <laughs> you know? And guy who worked at Ralph ten years ago is Ralph. I mean, it was just, it was just horrendous. And so I, you know, there's just certain things now for Charles. I'll always take the call about if it's a podcast, please. But there's some things I just won't, I won't take the call about anymore. <laughs> oh, that's a pity because I've got a few favors I was going to ask you after this podcast. No, uh, right. Well, but that said. Um, that said, Mark, if we do write the series about about Charles, I think we know Mick Malloy can play Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, would you say that your adventures with Charles have been a parody of a friendship or a parody of a business relationship? <laughs> I think the, all the business sides of things, are, it's been a wonderful friendship, but definitely a parody of a business relationship. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Charles, th- thank you for teaching an extremely successful television performer what not to do. <laughs> 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, Charles, I certainly enjoyed that. How did you feel? Well, I feel like uh, – well, actually, I, I, I muted myself uh, during that whole thing. I, I didn't actually hear anything. So It's probably for the um, best. Okay, so, so tomorrow on The Chase Report, um, we have an interview with, the, I guess, the other most prominent Australian podcaster alongside Mark Humphreys, Will Anderson. Uh, he's back yes. with Gruen tomorrow on the ABC. We're going to talk to him not so much about Gruen, if I'm honest, but really about his whole approach to comedy and the most awkward – First meeting ever between Will yes. and the Chaser team. Yes, that was well. That's the whole reason we wanted him on, wasn't it? To, yes, that's right. That to was ask like, him whether he remembered that. that he didn't awkward, need us to plug Gruen. Gruen's going to do fine without our help. But uh, yeah. there were some some issues that needed to be resolved. That's tomorrow on the Chaser Report. Our gear is from Red Microphones, and we're part of the Acast Creator Network. Catch you tomorrow. See ya.